Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Jane Garvey. And I'm Fee Glover. Off Air with Jane and Fee is going live. We are taking to the stage at the amazing Crucible Theatre in Sheffield on Friday the 31st of May. It'll be a night full of surprises. We'll have a special guest, we'll involve you in the audience and we'll embarrass ourselves. You really won't want to miss it. Well, the surprises, we don't yet know what's in it, so it genuinely is a night of surprises. Well, you've surprised me already. Uh, It's not just us. Our live show is part of an exciting new podcast festival called Cross wires which is taking place in some really amazing venues across sheffield from the 31st of may to the 2nd of june so other podcasters that you'll be able to see include katie price Catherine ryan romash ranganathan and the original adam buxton but there's also a whole host of free fringe events family shows surprise acts and after parties that jane and i haven't yet been invited to I'm sure it's only a matter of time head to crosswires.live for tickets and more information How do you clear landmines in a live war zone? Today we're meeting the truly brave specialists in Ukraine trying to remove Russian booby traps and save lives. We're also delving into a social media trend so dangerous officials in Germany have banned it. And we'll explain, or try to, the new alternative to a smartphone that has no screen. The World in 10 brings you the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by the Times of London. Hello, I'm Tom Howrigan. And I'm Lou Newton. Attention, air raid alert. Proceed to the nearest shelter. Don't be careless. Your overconfidence is your weakness. This is the sound Ukrainians are used to hearing several times a day, an air raid warning on their phone to let them know when a Russian attack is underway. It's something Times Radio presenter Ruth Davidson has also had to get used to in recent days. She spent the past week travelling across Ukraine to see how people are going about everyday life in the shadow of the war that's now into its 21st month. And as well as the sirens, another thing they're having to contend with is mines laid by the Russians. Ruth's been given extraordinary access to work being done by the Halo Trust. They're the world's biggest mine clearance organisation. Here she is at Halo's compound in Mykolaiv in southern Ukraine and says things have got very real, very fast. We're expecting to hear explosions from around here. Some of that will be from the front line because the minefields that we're going to are within 20 to 30 kilometres of where the two sides are now dug in. And it's all in areas that Russia took last year and then got pushed back by Ukraine when they had their counter-offensive. I think this is going to be a really interesting just to see how prevalent these anti-personnel and anti-tank mines, anti-vehicle mines that have been blowing up farmers tractors and have been blowing up people's cars even as they go about their daily life now they've returned back to Ukraine. We will be heading into a minefield um, so I'll start off with a bit of a safety briefing. In general when you're heading into the minefields uh, there are a number of different noises that you hear so we use whistles 
to signal the start of work, end of work. We mark our minefields using a number of different sticks. So our large red and white top stick marks the perimeter of the minefield. We then use red and white topped marking sticks to mark the border between cleared and uncleared area. So these marking sticks we do not cross. That is Halo Operational Director Jasmine Dan. Now, when any D-miners do their training, they're shown the real-life consequences of mines exploding to underline just how important it is to follow, to the letter, the safety instructions they've been given. So Jasmine gave Ruth some examples of local people who ignored the warning signs, and they paid a very heavy price. This is a farmer who unfortunately passed away due to the accident. This is a, I believe it's a 19-year-old man who was driving, hit in a vehicle mine, also passed away. This is the farmer's field. He'd already cultivated this field and had driven on this road previously. Um, So expected it to be safe, and unfortunately it wasn't. The daunting thing is that even if the war ended tomorrow, it would take more than a decade to clear all the mines that have been laid. Yes, it is a genuinely stop-you-in-your-tracks kind of listen. And if you have time after you've heard The World in 10, it's worth catching up on Ruth's trip through Ukraine in full on the Times radio app. Coming up, the TikTok craze that's seemingly gone too far. There seems to be a new social media challenge every day, and one of them has just been banned in parts of Germany. It's essentially posting a video of yourself eating a very, 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 very spicy tortilla chip. Now, in the US, it's called the One Chip Challenge, and recently in Massachusetts, a teenager died after reportedly doing it. Something similar, called the Hot Chip Challenge, has been taking place in Germany, and the chip itself is made by a different manufacturer to the American one. It's seasoned with some of the spiciest chilli in the world. You can only get a single one. That's one tortilla chip in a packet. Comes in a sealed pouch inside a coffin-shaped box with a protective glove to hold it. The Times correspondent in Germany, Oliver Moody, has been telling us just how hot they are. They're flavoured with some of the hottest commercially available chilies, measuring about 2 million Goville heat units, which is about four or 500 times hotter than Tabasco sauce. And there have been at least four cases where teenagers had to be treated in hospital with a range of complaints from things like stomach cramps to respiratory problems and inflammation of their throat lining. Oliver also told us that some parts of Germany have looked into the spice level and actually just decided to ban them altogether. Two of Germany's 16 states, two quite big ones in the south, Baden-Württemberg and now Bavaria, have banned the sale of these products, but they're still available in the other German states, despite warnings from some of the other authorities not to take them. And in fact, on my way into the office this morning, I saw them in the shop windows of two different corner shops. So they're very much something that is still around in other parts of Germany. It's said that smartphones are like having the world in the palm of your hand. Well, that's now been taken literally by a couple who've made a screenless, voice-controlled device that uses a laser to project things onto your hand. 
Yes, it's a kind of AI assistant that you can talk to. It'll bring up the information that you would usually look at on a smartphone. It comes with many of the things you would expect on a smartphone, like the ability to call people, but it's also got a camera, microphone, speaker and sensors. It's called the AI Pin, and it's been made by this couple, their two former Apple employees. It's a little clip-on thing about the size of a watch face, and you wear it on your shirt pocket or the lapel of a jacket. Mark Selman is the Times' technology correspondent, and he's been having a look into it. This American startup called Humane launched what is really the most serious attempt at the first AI consumer device. It doesn't have a screen. You can essentially talk to this device while it's pinned to you. You can ask it to call someone. You can receive a call. You can display information via a projector that projects onto your hand. And you can ask it questions and it searches the web for you. It doesn't use apps. So it is apparently intuitively uses the right technology through what you're asking it. And this sounds like a really cool device, but we are all so used to using a screen. Mark thinks moving away from that might not work for everyone. I think it's a very big gamble. I mean, we are terrible at changing our habits. One of the big questions is, you know, this is voice, essentially voice activated. What happens when you're in a crowded space and you don't want to have to activate something through your voice? Also, the display onto your hand will obviously have a, a certain rough edge to it. That will probably take a lot of getting used to. Guess that what they're trying to do is, is tap into people that want to come away from their phones. They want to you know, use something that's cool. It was really saying, I want to replace your smartphone. And to prize these smartphones out of our hands, it really has to do a huge amount of things better. You have to really want to leave your screen quite a lot to purchase this device. You know, taking pictures will be more difficult. Watching videos will be more difficult. There'll be a huge amount of things that we do with our smartphones that will be more difficult with this product. So you've got to want the things it gives you more than that. And that will be the challenge. Tom, how do you feel about movie adaptations of classic books? Well, depends on the book and the movie, I suppose. So Armando Iannucci's version of Charles Dickens' David Copperfield starring Dev Patel. Absolutely loved that. The Hobbit trilogy, though, not so much. Like Tolkien's original, it felt to me like it would never end. I hear you. Well, it turns out The Times' chief culture writer, Richard Morrison, has a real problem with producers making films out of books whose authors are dead. Like the upcoming Wonka prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, starring Timothy Chalamet. Now, Richard reckons those authors, long cold in the ground, are being exploited for the sake of cynical spin-offs. Yes, he's really not a fan at all. He even thinks it's putting human creativity at risk. And you can read a very interesting piece that Richard Richard has written on the legacy of some of our most cherished writers and the damage he thinks Hollywood studios are causing along the way with a Times digital subscription. That will also get you access to what is a brutally honest interview with one of the world's top cyclists, Geraint Thomas. You might remember he won the Tour de France a few years ago. If you think being an elite athlete is all careful diets and no partying, wait until you hear about his recent fortnight-long drinking binge. 
We are recording this on a Friday afternoon, after all, Tom, so maybe it's time for a drink or two. Yeah, maybe it is. Well, thanks for your time today. Those were the top world stories in 10 with the Times of London. 